Once again, I am asking for your five-star reviews. Five-star ratings and reviews. Apple, iTunes, wherever you download your podcast. Hey, friends of the show, we're looking for reviews. Leave us what you like. Leave us what you hate. Heck, leave your favorite song lyrics. Whenever we get a hundred of them, we will do the show in review, where we break down every review of the show and we give your opinion. Now betting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On, and we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Welcome back. Well, thank you, buddy. Missed you, Mike. The voice you hear right there, the man behind the glass on the ones and twos, super producer Michael Vital, who I missed so dearly last week. I did too. I missed oh you my guys, goodness. but you sounded great. There was a hole in my heart, Michael Vital-sized. The Packers weren't there. Even if they weren't there, did you see any Packer merchandise walking around? Well, we're going to go hard on the Super Bowl all day today. Yeah. 505-246-0610. We want to get your hot takes that we missed out on last week because we were so busy to take your calls. There's just no way that we could do it, Albuquerque, and we just send our heartfelt apologies that we couldn't get to you. But there's a bazillion Christmas songs, and there's only one song about the boys being back in town, and the boys are back in town. (laughs) It's a Fredless Tuesday as he is on assignment in beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico. So lucky for me, I got the best in the biz Robert Buck D. Gibson sitting across from me. You get your sea legs back yet? No, not yet. Not yet? No, no. It'll it'll probably come back tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Well, we'll get to that later. I want to just jump into it. Let's get it. Let's go football. Let's go first impressions. After the game, <laughs> Robert, what stood out to you the most from the football game? Play on the field. Aaron Donald was really the MVP. That's the one, right? That's the one for me. That guy was everywhere. And just his intensity, the way he played, the way he rallied the team. The most important player of the game, it was Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was the man, the beast to me. And not only just for his stat line. Right. Because he did way more for that defense than his stat line shows. Yeah. He still had two sacks. He still had a handful of tackles. He still had a couple pass deflections. But what he did is he took away two offensive linemen every single play of that game. Every game. Every every game. Every play of it, yeah. I can go back and analyze the tape a little more, but I didn't notice a single play that Aaron Donald wasn't double teamed. And it wasn't just the pass plays. Run game, everything. It, It was just a complete dominant game for him. And like you said, it didn't show up in the numbers and the stats. But if you watch that game, or if you rewatch the game and you just focus on what Aaron Donald was doing, he was doing a hell of a lot. And not just on the field, on the sidelines too. Yes. They kept cutting back to him on the sidelines, rallying the troops, 
calling people out on bad plays, calling his secondary out on bad reads. Yeah. He was the leader that kept that team together when they were behind chasing the Bengals. No disrespect to Cooper Cup at all, though. No, great- no, no disrespect because that last drive, he showed us what he's been about the entire year. Because he went into that last drive with four catches. For, for them to hold Cooper Cup to four catches, little more than, what, 50, 60 yards for the entire game, was great. But for him to say, you know what, put him on my back, Odell's out, let's go get it. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you know, Robert Woods got hurt way earlier in the year, and he wasn't able to take people off. So just like Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup was double teamed most of the game. And if he wasn't double teamed, they definitely had a spy on him, whether it be the outside linebacker or one of the safeties. So you could make a good case for Cooper Cup. He, the Bengals' defense kept him relatively in check before that last long drive by the Rams. Yes. Like you said, you only had four catches, 52 yards before that last drive. But on that last drive, he had another four catches. Yeah. And another 40 yards and some change. But more importantly, the touchdown to go ahead. The same question for you, though. What was the one takeaway from the game? The one takeaway from the game was the Bengals would have dominated that game if they had a legit offensive line. Oh, my gosh. Agreed. The Bengals had the running game going. The Bengals' receivers were open all the time. Like, even even the very last play of the game, yes, where your MVP, Aaron Donald, got to Joe Burrow, pulled him to the ground. He had Joe Burrow had two wide receivers wide open yep. on that last play, including Jamar Chase, completely wide open down the sideline for a no-doubt touchdown. Untouched. And football fan and Super Bowl fan and viewers of the game, if you didn't see that last play, find it on the Googles. It's available everywhere. Jamar Chase faked (laughs) his defender out out of his cleats. That was Jalen Ramsey once again. He was on the ground. Yeah. He was on the turf. And Chase was just old number one. Man. In the black and orange, streaking down the sideline all by himself. But the Bengals offensive line couldn't do anything. Can you imagine if he completed that pass? And kept kept it going. Yes. That, oh. That Farvian miracle pass to Pirine, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. If they make that play, they obviously go go down and win, right? Have to. You yeah. can't you can't let your team down after that miracle of a play. That's that's one of those momentum plays where you're like, we got something special. There's nothing gonna stop us. And let's go back to the Aaron Donald for MVP conversation, and we could revisit this all game. I mean, we got so much to talk about today on Two Men On, on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. But we're hitting Super Bowl hard. We're hitting Super Bowl week hard. We're hitting the halftime show hard. And we're going to be opening up the phone lines to you, all show Albuquerque, 505-246-0610. We're so happy to have friend of the show, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega, coming on at 4.30 to talk Lobos and to talk Super Bowl. And we got voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy, coming on in the 5 o'clock hour at 5.15 to talk Lobos and to talk Super Bowl. But Aaron Donald for MVP is a compelling case. 
because it's not just those two sacks because Von Miller had two sacks too. I mean, as many times as Joe Burrow is on his back, everybody got a sack. I was going to say, I think me, you, and Fred were the only people that didn't get a sack. You're right. (laughs) I think Oprah was the defensive coordinator. You get a sack, and you get a sack, and you get a sack. Yeah. Seven sacks recorded by the Rams. That tied the all-time Super Bowl history record in one game. That is correct. An all-time – you witnessed history. Yeah. But you kind of knew that was coming. Sure. You knew it was coming. Sure. He beat he beat the Titans with nine sacks. But for that game to be in their favor for the amount of time that it was, for as many times as he was getting sacked, is insane. We keep segueing away from it, but you do make a compelling argument for Aaron Donald. Yeah. Because it's the attention that he took away. Oh, my goodness. The attention that he took away from the lineman freed up a linebacker to rush, freed up an extra player from the secondary for a spy on uh, Cooper Cup. Right. I mean, he dominated that line of scrimmage. They were putting two linemen, and they were chipping him with the running back. That's right. (laughs) I mean, the push he was getting. Yeah. So I'm I'm not mad at the Cooper Cup MVP awarding. Because he got two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. And you could tell his versatility because of that lull in the third quarter. When it got to the fourth quarter and they weren't really throwing the ball to Cooper Cup yet, not at the end of the game, it wasn't yet. But Cooper Cup makes that huge play running the ball. It was fourth and one. He gets four yards. I thought that told me a lot about this guy's special. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, in just the same way that Aaron Donald took away two offensive linemen, you know, Cooper Cup took away two defensive players. But – I mean, they just had so much pressure, he couldn't do enough with it. But that last drive, they were looking for Cooper Cup every step of the way. Yeah, that was McVay saying, this is the best player on the offense. I'm making sure he gets the ball every single time. You have to have the best player on the field with the ball in their hands. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly what they did on the last drive. And it makes you think, why weren't they doing this all game? When Co- the second, Oh, yeah. The second Odell Beckham Jr. went down, and it's like, why don't you just do this all game? Beat him. Give him 20 targets. Well, those other receivers from the Rams, I don't know what they've been doing. Did they even practice? They were dropping balls, running half routes. It, they looked very JV. And they didn't have Tyler Higby. Remember, he was yep. out there tight end. Yep. And, yeah, you know, I, I'll give them a lot of credit. They just, like you said, kept feeding I mean, they're pretty much staffers just like, see if you can stop me and Cup. I mean, all the time, there's, they couldn't stop him on that last touchdown. Well, like you, like you said, Mike, they had to do that because the running game was nothing all game. It was game. horrible. They had nothing. no run game in yep. L.A. I think there's probably like a Bengals fan on the, in the SoFi Stadium payroll, and I think they switched out the Rams receivers' uh, pine tar with baby oil. <laughs> Because there were some obvious catches that, like yeah. the one that went off. Uh, oh, I'm going blank. Um, not Cup, not Jefferson, not OBJ. Their other guy that that bounced off of his hands right yeah. into the the hands of the Bengals. Uh, yeah, right after halftime. That that wasn't Stafford's fault. No, that interception in the end zone that was Stafford's fault. Right, that was a bad ball. Mm-hmm. Stafford gets that ball up higher. That's a touchdown. And we're not having the same conversation. I'm not going to lie. I was like, uh-oh, here comes Detroit Stafford. We're going to – exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it seemed like there was a moment that yeah. Detroit Stafford 
played like three or four drives in a row. Yep. And like, yeah, uh oh. When he gets in that gunslinging mode, that's where he always in the past would have problems. Staffing. We're talking Super Bowl all day. A couple quick hitters with the NBA, a couple quick hitters with the MLB lockout, a couple quick hitters with the Lobos, but we're talking football. We're talking Super Bowl LVI, which I think, if I did the math right, is 56. Now that it's over, I think I got it right. You got it. I got it right. You finally did. Okay. You, you awesome. carried the one. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. The boys are back in town, and we are live from studio here at KNML, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Two Men On would not be here without our partners and sponsors, and we cannot thank them enough. Special shout-out to New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We love everything they do in the community. And I was so excited this morning that I got some New Mexico Pinion Coffee back in my system. Did it bounce you back? It felt like home. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like home. Like, I knew I was back. So next year when we go to Phoenix, the next Super Bowl, we got to bring some New Mexico Pinion with us. Cause oh, that, definitely. Because that trash concessions coffee at the L.A. Convention Center wasn't doing it for me. There wasn't enough cream and sugar to make that sludge tolerable. It wasn't too much of anything, to be honest. We also start our days at the YMCA, and that is what I'm doing first thing tomorrow because today I had to sleep in because we were ran absolutely ragged all week, and I needed to catch up on some sleep. But enough about us. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. I am Van Nunley. Across from me is Robert Buck D. Gibson. And behind the glass is Michael Vital. Have a year, Cooper Cup. Man. Receiver, Triple Crown, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Where does this rank all time? Well, let me give you a quick little fun fact before we start talking Cooper Cup. Okay. Only one other person, oh, excuse me, one other receiver, has won the Triple Crown, been the Offensive Player of the Year, won a Super Bowl, and been Super Bowl MVP. And that is Jerry Rice. And it took Jerry Rice his whole career to do what Cooper Cup did this season. One season. That's all I need to hear. Have a year, buddy. That's all I need to hear. There's nothing. I mean, what is he going to do next year to top what he did this year? There's nothing you could do. This is just like, this is what I did earlier in my life. I just peaked too early, and it's all been downhill for me. That's what it's going to be like for Cooper Cup. I'm looking here, trying to just put in the season in perspective that he had. Combined receiving yards from game one to the Super Bowl. 2,425. 2,400. 2,400. The next best, Larry Fitzgerald, 1,977. So when it comes to receiving yards, he's number one by far. He's only second in that span in touchdowns to Randy Moss. That's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, we don't compare people to Jerry Rice or, or Randy Moss here. <laughs> That's not what we do. But it, by All these other it, humans, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. By looking at it, though, I'll go out and say it. This is the best season a wide receiver's ever had. If you look at each category, 
break it down. It's the best receiving season in history. The only thing he didn't do was propose to his wife after the game. He left that up to somebody else. <laughs> he did everything he possibly could this year. He he probably was going to, but he was so concussed. Yeah. After the game, he forgot. <laughs> Got the triple crown. Yeah. Led the league in yards, receptions, touchdowns. Offensive player of the year. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl MVP. Resuscitated a guy. Gave him mouth-to-mouth at Golden Corral. <laughs> saved his life. He produced a movie about the first moon landing. He had, he had two separate babies this year. Science doesn't know how he did it. But it happened. he was able to not only have a baby with his girlfriend, but also give birth on his bye week. when friends of the show call in and super producer mike vital likes you we put you on air welcome to the show mailman what it do what it do welcome home damn it (laughs) (laughs) look um van i love you like a brother i gotta meet you sometime and give you one of them freaking oat sodas and get you a dark yeah, brown buddy. or something. Yeah, you know I'm down. But I got to ask you. I got to ask this. Okay. Okay, so how many days were you guys gone? Uh, Monday Three, to Monday. four? Eight days total. Yep. Eight, eight days total. So that means Robert's ass owes us eight actual days of work, right? <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Before, before, not... before I come across the ropes with the two-by-four, okay. he owes us eight days of work. Why is that? With, well, because his ass treats us like Sam Sausage when he ain't here in Albuquerque. But he go to lo- he go to California, and he can work every day. <laughs> I just don't understand. Okay, I'm with you now. Oh, now, now I, I get you, what you're you, saying. You, yeah. you get it, right? Yeah. You get where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we okay. take when so, Buck when Buck goes to Hollywood, he's an everyday player. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Let me tell he, you what he, happened. He kind of reminds me of Kyrie Irving. He can't play no home game. What's up with that? Let me tell you, if you would have seen the places that we were going, because it wasn't just downtown, they really needed me to be there, bro. Hey, how how long do you think me and Fred make it? You owe us eight days. And if I don't get my eight days, I'm calling my kinfolk. You and I'm gonna make sure, and I'm gonna make sure you don't get another check until we get our eight days in a row, y'all. Well, well hold up, you gotta sub, you gotta subtract, you gotta subtract three days, because that's two Mondays and a Friday, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And okay. then I get it. Hold up. Hold up. And then today is Tuesday, so I'm already I'm working it off already. Okay. There you I, go. See? All right. Hey, but hey, mailman. You didn't have mailman. to send your boy to the closet down there in uh uh in uh 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 down there in the woods. You didn't have to send him to the woods <laughs> down there and put him on assignment. He can come in and work too. <laughs> but I I understand. I understand. And uh I as soon as they lined up for that last play where the Ram 
didn't score. The first thing I saw was Cooper Cup split out to the right, and it was one guy slow getting over there. And I was like, call timeout. Call timeout. <laughs> That's where the ball going. Come on. And they didn't do it. And the next play, bam. I mean, it was, it was like, it was like Stafford went up to the line. He saw he was slow getting over there, and he was like, I don't care what the snap was on. Hey! And he threw it over there quick, fast, in a hurry. That was, was Eli like, Apple. Eli how Apple you let had that enough. guy get that wide open? Eli Come Apple on. had enough. He was getting – he was applesauce the whole game. That's yeah. what he was. Yeah. Eli applesauce. <laughs> no, he was apple cider. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't even sauce. He was, he was getting was baked cider. more than apple pie. Yep. <laughs> right, because I'm like, this dude – Come on. And I'm glad, um, uh, help me out, Van, the ex-Steelers Sutton, was it Sutton? The ex-Steelers? Yeah, 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 you're right. I'm glad they, I'm glad they barbecue sauce his behind, because that's why we got got rid of him. I'm glad he was hot barbecue sauce. Mailman, we are we are up against a break. Thanks for another great call. Thanks for being a friend of the show. But we got to go. Because friend of the show, friend in real life, Brandon Ortega, KOBTV's very own, will be joining us to talk Super Bowl, and we'll do a we'll hit up on the Lobos too. You're listening to Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. You're listening to ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten, the Sports. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. The boys are back in town. Thank God we are. Because now we get to go back on Thursday to a friend of the show, O'Neal's. We'll be live at O'Neal's in the Heights. You can come meet the boys when you want. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to turn down a little oat soda. A little soda boy, a little hops, malt, and barley. I, I ain't mad at that. Come see us at O'Neill's as we are live every Thursday. We'll be up in the Heights this Thursday. But enough about us. Star of TV and radio. Back to back to back. New Mexico Sports Caster of the Year. Best dude on the planet for my money. KOB TV's very own friend of the show, friend in real life, Brandon Ortega. What's happening, my guy? Hey, boys. Great to have you guys back in town. Thanks for having me on. Oh, that's too kind. I'm sure you're pretty happy with us gone, taking a week off of the boys. Did you get some more rest? I was rest listening you... almost every day, though. I mean, I was listening to a bunch of the interviews. You guys did such a great job, especially when I know it was both of your first time at Radio Road. You guys held your own, man. You guys did a great job. Thank you so much. You know, I've it is my first time at Radio Road, but I've been asking inappropriate un- uh, 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 uncomfortable questions for years now so it, it, it came naturally to your boy so uh, what you did you do, you do you, for, what did you it. do for the game brandon you just hanging out with the fam barbecue tv kind of thing or did you go out shout out to my buddy larry davis and his lovely wife annalise they hosted me and the fam for the super bowl and I watched the entire game there because I, I basically started the day at 11 a.m., went to the office, got all of my work done with the exception of the Super Bowl so I could go enjoy the game. And, gosh, it, it went fast. So I was able to literally watch the whole game 
and then still get back in time for the 10 o'clock news. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time with the family and uh, was hosted uh, with some great wing stop wings. And, uh, yeah, it was a very entertaining game. And I love the halftime show on top of that, too. Let's uh, let's jump right into the game. Yes. What were your impressions on the play on the field, the X and X's and O's? What stood out to you the most? I think something that stood out was how close it really was the entire time. I thought for sure the Rams would come out firing and take at least a two, maybe even three score lead. Uh, and yeah, they they really didn't do that. I mean, the Bengals stayed within striking distance the entire time. And it really, I mean, it was, just, it was a nail biter the whole way through. What was the biggest lead? Like, what did it get up to seven, maybe 10 uh, at, at any point? And it, it was just, I loved how close it was. And then even when the Bengals took that lead in the second half, that almost felt like a bigger lead because they were, they were really controlling the game and they were forcing three and outs from the Rams. So, yeah, it was, it was a real chess match. And, Definitely a thrilling ending. I, I've heard people say it was kind of a flat ending. For me, it was very exciting. I mean, I hate the, you know, the, the ticky-tack calls that, yeah. that swung the game back and forth in the second half. But that's, that's the NFL. That happens all regular season, all playoffs, and it's only fitting for it to happen in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a very – it was a, a solid game in, in my book, and uh, not surprising it would it end on a three-point deficit. I, I, I agree with you. Um, the consensus when we were out there with our interviews with the different people, athletes, celebrities that we did interview, everyone was saying this was going to be a blowout in the direction of the Rams. So to see that type of game, it was amazing. Uh, but, Brandon, I have to ask you, you did bring up the, the halftime show. What was the highlight for you? Man, <laughs> I grew up on Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg in particular. Yeah. In L.A.? My baby, uh, yeah, I'm born and raised in Southern. My brother Curtis is the biggest Eminem fan. Yeah. So um, those three alone, it, I, I was just, I, I was hyping it up a lot in my head. I, I, I can't deny it. I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be amazing, and I thought it lived up to it. I really did. Uh, Mary J threw it down. Uh, what in her 50s, still, still can belt it, still has the move. I, I called the, I, I, man, I wish I would have told you guys on air. I called 50 Cent uh, jumping in there. I knew he was going to be in there. Um, Kendrick was great. Anderson Pack uh, for me, is a, is a, a, a personal favorite of mine on oh, the yeah. drums. Uh, seeing him drum on, on, on the 8 mile track with, with Eminem was, was unbelievable. Yeah, but the whole thing, top to bottom, was it was so different than what we've seen as far as, like, set production and, and choreography uh, with with like the the stage rooms they have per right. se. Yeah, it was yeah, it was great. The only thing, the only thing I was waiting for, and I just knew it was going to happen, but didn't happen, was the hologram of Tupac. Oh, break my heart. <laughs> well, they did see they did that at Coachella. What was that in two thousand six or so? And yeah. I feel like Dr. Dre was thinking like oh, we've done that before. I, he, he probably would have thrown it out there if they hadn't busted out of Coachella. Um, that would have been cool. It would have been cool to maybe see some more NWA members thrown in there too. Ah, but uh, nice. but Amir was nice. but it was a stacked lineup already. Yeah. And they and they what did they fit? Like what was it 14 minutes of music? Yeah. You know they packed a lot in there. Uh, another personal favorite moment of mine was seeing Dr. Dre play piano. I mean yes, the, yes. The, the man is a musical genius. 
and yes, his persona is one of the best rappers and rap producers of all time, and to see him play a little bit of piano was really neat for me. So th there was your Tupac shout-out, because I don't know if you noticed, but right when he started, he played like a little uh, couple notes from I Ain't Mad At You. Yeah. And then he yeah, went Yeah, really, really subtle. Yeah, I, I really like that shot. Like, I got chills yeah. when he started doing that. It's like, oh, here comes the Tupac hologram. We, we both yeah, looked that, at each that, other and that said that. That was the note right before he went into still DRE, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah, he, yeah exactly. it was beautiful. So do, do you think that Cooper Cup deserved the MVP, or do you think it should have went to Aaron Donald? Because I'm 50-50 yeah. on this. I would have not been upset at all if Aaron Donald got him. I mean, he closed out the game. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and I mean, he really kept the Rams in the game when you think about how uh, much they were struggling, you know, towards the end of the third quarter and most of the fourth quarter before they had that game-winning drive. Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald kept them in the game, but, but Cooper Cup, um, boy, did he step up on that, that last drive. What did he touch the ball four or five times? Yeah. Uh, including that jet sweep yeah, on fourth four and receptions one. and a carry. Um, yep. It, it, I mean, it was a toss-up. I, 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 my gut, as soon as he scored, I was like, well, I think he just won the MVP right, right. there. They hang on to win. Um, yeah, I mean, defensive players don't don't normally get the, the, the MVP votes. I mean, it takes a lot for them to do that. And uh, Aaron Donald, I felt like, did enough. But Cooper Cup, um, on top of his Super Bowl performance, it was like an encompassing, you know, year. I mean, you mentioned the crazy stats he had. Um, this year, record-setting stats, and uh, yeah, he deserved it too. But yeah, I would not have been mad if Donald got it either. Let's segue to Lobo's men's basketball. Hey, two-game winning streak. <clears throat> We're on to something <laughs> here. Last four, yeah, yeah, and not then, bad. Uh, tonight, we got a very winnable game uh, against a Wyoming team that beat us by two on the road. What's the keys to the game for the Lobos tonight, Brandon? Richard Pitino said recently when asked about Jalen House, even before he scored 42 points against Air Force, he has always felt like Jalen House has been the problem and the solution for the Lobos. Mm -hmm. If he is having an unbelievable game, that puts that, that gives the Lobos a chance against darn near anybody in the Mountain West. And, yeah, he showed that scoring 42 against Air Force. He played pretty well against – Wyoming and Colorado on the road, but he also had some head scratching moments too. Turnovers have been an issue for him. So when it, yeah, in my book, Jalen House has to have an efficient game. He doesn't necessarily have to score 42 points. He's got to fill up the stat sheet. He also had uh, a career high in rebounds against Air Force and, and over 10 assists against Air Force. He's got to do things like that. He's got to uh, facilitate. He's got to get KJ Jenkins going. He's got to get in, an, in a great one-two rhythm with, with Jamal Mashburn. Those two, when they feed off of each other, they're, they're really fun to watch. So it's all about the guard play. I mean, they're, they're undermanned uh, down in the post, and the guards have to be special in order to have a chance tonight against Wyoming. So if the Lobos pull this off, they'll beat a nationally ranked team, 21-3. and three. Will this be Coach Patino's signature win? And not only that, will this cause a buzz with the fans of the Lobos? It certainly could. I mean, when I think back a couple years ago when the Lobos, I think it's been three years now, the Lobos beat Nevada at the pit, who was ranked in the top ten, I want to say sixth or fifth in the nation, depending on what poll you were looking at. And, yeah, 
knocked him down uh, in, a, in a nail biter and had some fans rushing the court. It could be that kind of night if the Lobos can beat Wyoming, whether in regulation or overtime. I, my, uh, Mikey V had a great uh, call uh, when we were waiting to go on air that he, he, he likes the Lobos in overtime tonight. I think that would be a, a special thing to see. So, yeah, it would be a signature, no doubt about it, signature win for Richard Pitino if they can get it done. Hey, back to Super Bowl, back to L.A. Brandon, I've always thought of L.A. as a Raiders town. And I'll tell you, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going around Los Angeles, around the convention center, there was still more Raiders jerseys than Rams jerseys yep. around that area of town. It wasn't until Friday, Saturday, Sunday that you started seeing the blue and yellow. Is this Super Bowl win right here, is this going to catapult them to that echelon right behind Lakers and Dodgers, or do they have a lot more winning to do? Do they have a lot more establishment to be had? I certainly think it, it's going to take more winning, and I think something you have to keep in mind with the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders it's not like they were lighting it up when sure. they were in L.A., all those years they were in L.A. It's not like they won a ton of Super Bowls there. They were a, a cultural phenomenon right. when they were in L.A. I mean, N.W.A. had had, had some part of that, yep, wearing right. Raiders gear, you know, when when they were coming up in, in the hip-hop and rap world. Um, the Rams, yeah, there's going to be a ton more fans, but to be a, a cultural staple in L.A., it's, it's just going to take it's going to take something else besides winning. There's going to have to be some stuff off the field. There's going to have to be some, um, you know, stuff in the community you yeah. got to do to uh, to get any, anywhere close to what the Raiders mean to L.A. I mean, the Raiders have been out of L.A. for a long time and, made, and looks like they will never be coming back. And it's good good for them that they're not good for the L.A. fans that they're not super far in Vegas because um, they only have a, a short uh, drive away or a super short flight away yeah, to go yeah. see them. Um, yeah, I mean, the Rams are definitely going to get get bigger and bigger, but it's going to take a lot to ever catch the Raiders in L.A. Brandon, we're up against the break, but give us a preview of the stories you're working on this week. What's pushing the meter for Brandon Ortega of KOB-TV? Having a lot of fun, uh, getting high, the high school coverage amped up for the state basketball tournament coming up in March. I'm heading to Rio Rancho now to work on a special story uh, between the Rams and Storm. Um, I mean, we got to talk women's basketball. Women's basketball, we've got two huge games with Utah State and and uh, Boise State sat, uh, Wednesday and Saturday at the pit. Got to support the ladies just like the men's team this week at the pit. Um, yeah, a lot of Lobos, a lot of high school, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, just keep tuning in on KOB every uh, every night after the Olympics until the Olympics uh, stop in a few weeks, and then New Mexico game day comes back on February 25th. You heard it there, friend of the show, friend in real life, KOB TV's Brandon Ortega. Thanks so much for the hot takes. Love you, buddy. Love you, dudes. Talk to you soon. We're so fortunate to be partnered up with probably one of the coolest places in town, if not the coolest place in town, Electric Playhouse. If you haven't been there yet, I highly recommend you get down there and see what they are doing. The place is absolutely magical. Take the homies, take the wife, take the kids. It doesn't matter. You're going to have a great time. More sports and sports-adjacent content when we get back. Well, this is back in Albuquerque, 95.9 FM and AM 610. We start our days at the YMCA. And I'll tell you what, the boys are back in town. And one thing the boys didn't do a lot of last week because we were so busy and so working so working so hard is exercise. Didn't go to the gym <laughs> once. I mean, we got our steps in walking around say, walking. town, 
walking around the convention center, lifting up drinks. I miss hitting the gym, and we start our days every day at the YMCA. I highly encourage you to find your why. Ratings were up. It doesn't matter that L.A. doesn't care about their team. It doesn't matter that it's only Cincinnati, a small market team. Overall, ratings were up. And I don't know if that was the appeal of the game, if it's the Joe Burrow effect, if people wanted to see Matthew Stafford finally do it, or if it's all halftime show up. I think he had an incredible postseason. Those seven games in the playoffs were incredible. Right. That had a lot to do with it. Yeah, after that, had a lot of momentum. Yep. Um, I think it was the teams because Rams, they were kind of expected. Cincinnati wasn't at all. And it was that, you know, there was a hint of, well, maybe they can pull this off, and I want to be able to witness this. Right. I think that was a, that played a big part as well. Yeah, the game itself had a lot of interesting storylines. Yeah. Everyone had Joe Burrow fever. Could Matthew Stafford do it? You know, if you actually like football, you wanted to see Aaron Donald play on that stage, and he did not disappoint. So let's look at the numbers real quick. Just in, just in the States – 167 million people watch this game. And these numbers are impossible to get exactly right. But TV viewers is up 6%. Um, and total viewers are up 14%. So that is... And that was from last year's game, right? Up from last year, correct. Yeah, yeah up from last year. So, I mean, you would think last year would be higher because of COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But whatever was compelling to the American viewing audience this year had the numbers go up. So uh, more people are betting now, so they got skin in the game too. See, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. We're going to see a lot of that next year, and I can't wait to crunch the numbers next year when everyone has live betting sports apps on their phone. We're getting there already, but let's look at the numbers themselves real quick. So 101 million people watched on just regular old television, that big old square that's get piped into their house. Right. All right. That's NBC and Telemundo classic Super Bowl viewing. Okay. 101 million people. All right. And then 11.2 million people streamed the show, which is a record. Right. That is a huge difference. And that's from Peacock and other streaming services. Right. Right, and then the rest are your other ways of viewing your subscription programs, et cetera, et cetera. So 167 million people for a city like L.A., and it's not a sports city. Like, they have some of the biggest fandoms in all of sports, but it's not downtown L.A. I mean, the, the Dodgers and the Lakers are probably, what, second and third? No, probably third and fourth after the Cowboys and Yankees, right? Have to be. But still, you didn't see that unity in L.A. And the NFL and the city of Los Angeles did a great job cleaning up the city, making it welcoming, making it presentable. They were wonderful hosts. There were advertisements for Super Bowl all over town. seems like every light, every street corner had – some kind of Super Bowl accoutrement. Oh, it was definitely it. the pageantry. The pageantry was everywhere. Yeah. And from, L.A. From had the, to do it right. From the airport on. From the right. airport on. And the NFL experience was great. Radio Row was great. 
Um, the downtown area was, I think, as clean as it's been in years. <laughs> what I've heard from locals, that wasn't a dig per se. No. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, we talked to a lot of locals, and they're like, this is the cleanest and the safest it's felt here in a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm actually looking at the local market ratings. Going back to the to the ratings, we all know who the number one was going to be, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, duh. By far, uh, 46.1. Robert, L.A. was number two, right? No. <laughs> wasn't two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. They wasn't even in the top ten. 36.7 in a local market rating. So and that tells you. And then the, the metered market ratings, and I'm not an expert at this, but it's a percentage of viewers who are watching. Right. So you knew Cincinnati was going to be number one. Yeah, by far. And you would think everyone who can't be in the game, everyone who can't go out to a bar to watch their hometown team play, you figured L.A. would be number two. God, it was 88 degrees, man. People was at the beach. <laughs> out, out. <laughs> Detroit was number two. Hey. Detroit stand up. A lot of Stafford love from Detroit in the Super Bowl. Eminem as well. When we get back, more Super Bowl talk. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Stafford, receivers in tight. He gets the snap. He cocks his arm. He throws a pass. Caught with the leap. Belt high, far side of the end zone. Touchdown up. The Rams have taken the lead. The Rams have taken the lead. 125 to go. Heavily covered. Cup left and trapped the ball against his belt buckle. Not only did the Rams take the lead there, they went on to stop Joe Burr and the Bengals to be victorious in Super Bowl 56. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations to all of those Rams fans out there. I hope you made room on the bandwagon because you're going to have a lot of new fans starting today. Shout out to Jeff Simbietta, who's been a Rams fan forever. If you missed his analysis on the game, and he probably geeked out quite a bit with his fandom. Oh, yeah. So make sure you're listening to Jeff and JJ and A. Marie on the opening drive. That was a huge play. Cooper Cup melted that <coughs> secondary like a hot knife through butter. The routes he was running oh my goodness. when he had a chance to find space, he was covered by ev- either straight-up double coverage or man and a spy all game, and he was still able to find space. He was still able to get his hands on the ball. And it wasn't like he was the f- main focal point of Sean McVay's offense either. They were trying to work in different plays for everyone. They're trying to get the ground game going. I don't know which why. They never did. <laughs> but that was one of the biggest plays of the game. Robert, what was your biggest play of the game? Um I have to go. I'm gonna stay with Cooper Cup. Okay. And I'm gonna go on that fourth and one because I called it, I said they're gonna run some type of gadget play because the run game was shut down the entire game. And for them to do that jet sweep on fourth and one with the way that defense was playing the rush was a gamble. But I just love the way McVay said, that's my best player. 
I'm going to ride his back. I know he's going to get us one yard to continue this drive. Let's get some more hot takes on the game. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Hotline. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Text Line. When friends of the show call, we listen. What's up, Tommy? Hey, what's up, guys? Tommy, the truth, back at you. Hope you guys had a great time up in California. Um, I didn't really try to call, but probably would have been a waste of time during the week last week because I figured this guy's going to be busy and they're going to have a lot of fun up there, too. That was completely accurate. <laughs> um, my bullet points about the game, I felt one of the things I, I was shocked, and I know you need to take chances in the Super Bowl, but I don't think you go for it the first drive four from one. I think you play a little bit conservative, not on the very first drive. And some of the play calling, the second and third down, the second down run play, no problem. The third down run play, I would have probably passed on third down. That surprised me. Um, you lose your tight end. You lose Odell. You, you double-team cup the entire game. They didn't. They didn't that last drive. They did not double-team. They had one corner on them. They didn't have the safety over the top. That was insane to me um, because that's all they have. And maybe they just couldn't stop the guy. Maybe he's unstoppable at times. I don't know. Um, I talked to uh, Mr. King in comedy. I hope you had a good time up there, too. I talked to him during the week. Um, did a little bit of Instagram stuff with him on DMs. And I was going for Cincinnati, I admit it, because they haven't won the Super Bowl before. I'd like to see him win it. But I can't be unhappy because of uh, Mr. Get the hell out of Detroit. Let me get on a better team, better organization. And then I can show you what I can really do. So I can't, you can't be unhappy about Stafford winning either. Tommy, what one play stood out to you because that's what we're talking right now what was what was your highlight of the game what one play to you won or lost the game i'm I'm going back to the drive i don't think you go for it on fourth down not on your first drive see i, I, I like that, that call you're at, mid, like it, you're at midfield soon. you know you got to put it's up soon. points you know you're going up against mm-hmm. a good front mm-hmm. line I, I like it i don't on the first drive i don't and the other drive i would but that's too soon I, and it didn't do different play calls don't run second and third down run third down they should have passed the ball but that's just me i think that's a little bit too soon to go to go for it but well, um and the thing is about mvps now i wish there would be an offensive and defensive mvp and it's very rare but the cowboys had it in the 77 super bowl against denver harvey martin and randy white were co-mvps it does happen but it would be nice if they would have an offensive MVP of the game and a defensive MVP, and I don't know if they'll ever implement that. Yeah, that's a that's a good take right there, and, and I'm not mad at it at all. But I think you know you got to just give it to the one MVP of the game. Yeah, yeah. Who who stood out the most? And I mean, it's, a, it's, Donald, it's did. Donald did. Donald to me did. Well, I mean, if you're if you're a hardcore football fan and and you know how much disruption that Aaron Donald has on that defensive front, you could say it was easily Aaron Donald. But if you're just looking at the stat line, you don't really know how big of a deal Aaron Donald is to that game. Yeah, and in that one particular game I mentioned, the offenses didn't really play well for Dallas or Denver, and that's why I think Harvey Martin and Randy White got the co-MVPs because in that game there were a lot of mistakes because – I was even shocked back then when I go co-MVPs, two defensive players. You'll never see that happen again, probably. So, All right, Tommy, hot take. What is your biggest potential moment of this NFL offseason? Real quick, we're about to let you go. 
And we did let him go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for the call, Tommy. Always hot takes over there with uh, frequent contributor Tommy. I think when you look at it, it's all about scoring, and that's what the NFL is all about, offense. I think that's where the nod goes. But both of them, certainly Donald and Cup, were deserving. Yeah, sure. I mean, you had the two coaches from the Rams and Bengals that's teacher and student situation. Yeah. You got yeah. you got a Jedi and Padawan situation over <laughs> here. So you got to do everything you got. I mean, you got to give them everything you got, every trick in the playbook. Every time any statistic favors your decision making, yeah, you don't want to leave anything hey, out there. You got it's a good offense. You know that Joe Burrow's going to be on his back over and over and over again all game. You're at midfield. Go for it. I like the fourth and one call. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be aggressive, and I think Cincinnati was aggressive all year, from what I had read, what Burrow had talked about. They like to go for it on fourth down a lot, so they did what they normally did during the year, and it didn't pay off, but. Yeah, you're right. Kudos to them for trying to be a little risky. And I thought I every every piece of me just knew King Swaggy Joe Burr was going to lead the Bengals <laughs> on a game-winning touchdown, not even a field goal. I didn't even think the they were going to have to kick a field goal cuz Joe Burrow was going to go for the the jugular yeah, and lead the team to a win. Him the chase. That's but what I was my I, I attitude. Was yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's see them party. My attitude changed 100% when I think what the play of the game was. Oh, yeah. Running it right at Aaron Donald on third and one. Yes. Did some, did some of that weed that Snoop Dogg put in the air get into the Bengals locker room at halftime? No. Because that was one of the dumbest calls I've seen in Super Bowl history. It was still lingering at the 50-yard line. That's kind of where they were, so... You got thirty. You got thirty seconds. I'm so listen. I'm stuttering. I'm so angry at this call. You got thirty something seconds left. You have to drive. Keep driving. You're not in field goal range. If you're already in field goal range, sure, do a conservative run play. Right. Try to get. Try to keep the clock running, and then and then spike it or call a timeout. But you have to get yardage. And not only do you run it on third and one, you've run it. Right at the best player in football. They called a designed run right at Aaron Donald. And I do believe they hadn't ran up the gut like that all game. Because it doesn't work. Right. You know why? Because Aaron Donald is standing there. right there. And a, and a porous offensive line. That was the, the, the whole reason they lost. Too. Literally the worst offensive line to ever make it to the Super Bowl. Yep. No – no quarterback has ever led the league in sacks and made it to the Super Bowl. Yep. So what that's telling you is that's the worst offensive line ever to make it to a Super Bowl, and you run the ball at Aaron Donald? The audacity. Like, who, who came up with that game plan? Who was sitting there like, you know what we need to do? Let's call the dumbest play possible with no time left, Let's keep the clock running, and let's burn this down by running it right at Aaron Donald. And that's the difference between that play and the play McVay ran on fourth and one. He got it to his best player in a time that was a clutch play. Yeah, you should have. That, you had you do. two shots yeah. with your best player. That's what you should have done. they took one away. When we get back, more Super Bowl talk and Lobos talk with voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy.
Catch us at O'Neill's this Thursday up in the Heights. We'll do it. We'll be doing the show there live. Food specials, drink specials, more importantly, a lots of fun. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. If you're just getting in your car, wrapping up your work day, boy, do I have a treat for you. We're so fortunate to be here with a lot of our partners and sponsors, and one of them I love so much is I-9 Sports. What they do for the youth of this community is phenomenal. Go to i9sports.com and look up Chapter 280, as Albuquerque is Chapter 280. Big shout out to I-9 Sports, Chapter 280. Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. I mean, what do we know about sports? We just have sports-adjacent content, right? So let's reach out to an expert. Voice of the Lobos, friend in real life, friend of the show. What's happening, my guy? I don't know about any of that, man. I, I listened <laughs> to some of your content last week from Radio Row at the Super Bowl, and you guys, the depth and breadth of your knowledge is pretty impressive, man. It was fun. Great stuff. Hey, really appreciate the kind words. We worked about 12 hours a day, and we played almost 12 hours a day. <laughs> but the boys needed some sleep, got caught up last night. So the boys are back in town. We're fresh. We're recharged. And I'll tell you what. I miss me some Albuquerque, and I miss me some some Lobo talk with Rob Portnoy. What's going on with the Lobos, my guy? Well, we've got number 22 Wyoming in the house tonight, and I would strongly encourage anybody who's listening, if they don't have tickets for tonight's game, get them and come and see this Lobo team. These two teams played one of the most exciting games in the entire Mountain West schedule last month. Uh, they combined to score – or 93 to 91, uh, they can both fill it up. And I expect a similar type game tonight. Uh, do I expect both teams to get to the 90s again? No, there'll be too many adjustments made um, by both uh, head coaches. But still, it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, they have two of the best players in the league in Graham Ike and Hunter Maldonado, Wyoming does. And the Lobos have two of the best guards in the league in Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. Um, all four of those guys went off last month. And I can't wait to see what happens tonight. So, Rob, what is the confidence meter like when it comes to the Lobos? Because the last game, they lost a heartbreaker um, up in Wyoming. And despite the record, are the Lobos pretty confident that we can pull off this victory tonight? Well, Robert, they know they can play with them, right? I mean, they did it already, and they did it in their building. And Wyoming hasn't lost at home this year. So, uh, you got them in your yard, um, and we know what the pit can do. So, yeah, I mean, they fully believe that they can win this game tonight. There's no doubt. They ran a little small against Air Force and then just absolutely lit them up. Is that going to be the game plan going forward? Just put it on house, put it on mash, and see what happens? Well, it's funny you say that because the Air Force game was the first time the Lobos started their full-bore small lineup. Yeah, uh, That was the first game that K.J. Jenkins started. New Mexico essentially started four guards and one big. I don't think you'll see that starting lineup tonight. Um, I, I think that they have to play Wyoming a little bit differently. Wyoming is a bigger basketball team. Um, but it doesn't mean that it still won't come down to UNM's guards because that's the strength of the 
teams. And I, there's there's no doubt that, yeah. um, you know, K.J. Jenkins is going to have to hit some shots. Uh, Javante Johnson is going to have to hit some shots. And Mashburn Jr. and House have to do what they do. And, and if they do, then they'll have a chance to win this game. One, one thing about Wyoming, okay, they've only lost one league game. They're on top of the conference. They've gotten to this 22nd ranking in the AP and coaches' polls. It's the first time that, that they've been ranked as a program since 2015. But they have had some really good luck at the end of games. I mean, part of winning close games is that. And at some point, that's got to run out, right? Now, good teams win close games, and that's why they're ranked. Um, but they played a ton of league games that have come down to the wire. In fact, they've won five times in league by two points or less. So that means they have five league wins of either two points or one point. Um, They can be had. Nobody's just finished the deal against them in one of those tight games. Why not the Lobos? Why not tonight? Rob, I know you're a big Lakers fan. I don't know where you stand on the rest of L.A. sports because – you're such a world traveler. You've lived in almost every city of this country. You got fandom spread out everywhere. Are are you happy for the Rams? Are you happy for the city of Los Angeles for how well this went, not counting the riots later, which we'll get to later? <laughs> are you happy for this Rams Rams team? Are you happy for the city of LA? And do you 100%. think I mean, LA I- will actually start rallying around this football team? <laughs> now, that's a great question. Um but uh, yes, I am very happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the Los Angeles Rams to get a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, I hope Fred's listening. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford to get a championship. Uh, I think it's awesome that Von Miller got another one, and that Aaron Donald got his first one, and um, they were the better football team. The team that should have won that game ended up winning that game. Uh, I'll make an observation that maybe you haven't heard, and I I know it's a play that's been talked about a lot, but maybe not in this way. The touchdown that the Bengals scored when it was obvious, just painfully obvious, uh, that there was an offensive pass interference call and that Jalen Ramsey's head had been turned around because of a grab of the face mask, and there was nobody in position on the field to see the play uh, among the officials. Well, we watched the World Series – and Major League Baseball puts umpires down the foul lines. They put extra officials on the field for right. the biggest games of the year. Why doesn't the NFL have officials mm-hmm. standing at the front pylons on each corner of the end zone for every play so something like that doesn't happen? Because as you watch him from the end zone camera coming down the sideline, and, and you know grabbing the face mask, you can see a, 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 a very overweight and, you know, uh, older official trailing the play like 25 yards behind the play. And you're like, there's no way that he can see that because his view is blocked. He's out of position. The athletes are too good. The officials are overmatched. Put more guys out there. That just can't happen. Either that or let's figure out a way so that we can fix the obvious missed call somehow, some way. Yeah, why was Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the game, staring at his shoulder, looking <laughs> backwards? This makes no sense. As soon as the play happened, I was like, oh, face mask. Um, Rob, so Rams are the champs. The Bengals are a young team with a great core. What do you think are the chances for either one of these teams to be in next year's Super Bowl? I think they're both terrific. 
And if they can keep their, their cores together, they're going to be contenders. Look, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a, a top-five quarterback in the NFL for 15 years if he stays healthy. He's already overcome an ACL. Um, they're going to – now, everybody talks about Dan Marino getting to a Super Bowl and then ever getting back to one, right. and it could happen. It right. could happen to Burrow too. But uh, my point about Burrow is that they're going to be there contending to make the playoffs sure. and to win in the playoffs for years to come because he is a transcendent quarterback. I truly believe that. Does that mean he gets back to the Super Bowl immediately or he plays in five Super Bowls? No, but they're going to have a shot. They're going to be in the conversation. Um, the thing that made me most happy is that Matthew Stafford, who toiled you know, for more than a decade on a franchise that was dysfunctional from top to bottom, I mean, I hate this word, but he validates his entire career, doesn't yep. he? I mean, yep. I know he's been inconsistent, but this literally validates his entire career. The first year he has a supporting cast around him, he wins it all. And what a drive. The last drive was unbelievable. He was amazing. Cup was amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, that part of it was a terrific finish. So I felt wanting more, though, at the end, like why Cincinnati can't convert on third and one or fourth and one and give us a tying field goal and give us overtime. I still want more. Yes. The the play calling was quite curious. I, I think Stafford could have had an even better game if they abandoned the run. The running game for the Rams was non-existent, but they just kept going to it and going to it and going to it, and so were the Bengals later in the game. What, can can you, know, you walk me through that third and one running play call when the Bengals still need 15, 20 yards for a field goal attempt? Is there any rationale to make that call, or is it just the worst call in Super Bowl history, like the way I think it is? <laughs> the worst call, the worst call in Super Bowl history, is decided for all time. It will never be overcome, never be surpassed. Not running Marshawn Lynch from the yeah. one yard okay, line. Okay, there we go. All it, right, it, all it right. Is the worst okay. Super Bowl, Tell me why you know. this is the second worst call in. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it's funny how play callers they get stuck in a, a knee-jerk reaction to the previous play call. It happened when the, the Falcons blew their Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh-huh. Their play caller decided, and this is Shanahan, as we know, he decided after running outside on first down, already in field goal range with a chance to clinch the game and make it a two-possession game, game over, he runs outside instead of inside, which is a terrible decision. If he runs inside, he doesn't lose yardage. He feels like he's up against the chains somehow because he lost a yard or two on the first down play. And then instead of doing what he should have done is keep running it up the middle, run clock, bring Matt Bryant out, one of the top five percentage kickers in the history of the NFL, and let him kick the field goal that wins the Super Bowl. He drops Matt Ryan back. We know what happens after that. There are sacks. There are penalties. They got a field goal range. They lose the game in overtime. Right. So that I think – Play callers react to what happens on the previous play sometimes too much, and they get out of, of, you know, thinking clearly. And I think what happened there is they threw deep on second and one. And now he's thinking, I've got to just get this first down. That's my first priority. But everybody in the freaking building is thinking the same thing. And so Aaron Donald's there to wrap the guy up, and now you're fourth and one. And it turns out they were SOL because then they put him back in the shotgun. Over. So, yeah. Horrible, horrible sequence. Second, third, fourth down. Uh, cost them probably a chance to win the game either in regulation or in overtime. You heard it right there from Voice of Lobos, Rob Portnoy.
co-host of Two Men on Van Nunley, is a hype beast who is prone to recency bias and hyperbole. It wasn't even it wasn't even a medalist for worst call of all time. No, it wasn't. But you are dead on. It was a sequence of terrible calls. It was. Woo, it was rough to watch. It's like just let Joe Burr do his thing. Yes. All right, you know, Lobo I, Nation, get out there and support your men's basketball team. We need that home field advantage. Pack the pit. Let's get a W. Let's keep this winning streak going. Hey, thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. Great being with you guys. See everybody at the pit tonight. Go Lobos. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On, and we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Two Men On is brought to you by our partners and sponsors, and boy, are we lucky to have them, especially New Mexico Pinon Coffee. It's, it's cool to be partnered with like businesses and entities that we actually support, we actually like in real life. Because I've been a, new, a fan of New Mexico Pinon Coffee my whole life, and when they approached us and really liked what we're doing in the community, wanted to work on some stuff, I was like a resounding yes. So we're so proud of our partnership with New Mexico Pinon Coffee. All right. It's near impossible to repeat in the NFL. What do the Rams have to do, Robert, to repeat as Super Bowl champions? One thing or two? Go crazy. I'm going to go with the one thing. They need to pay McVay. Ooh. Pay McVay because I think he was positioning his whole renegotiation with the, are you going to come back and coach the Rams? We'll see. Does it make it easier for you to walk away from the game by winning a Super Bowl? Most certainly does. All that is is y'all better pay me. That's pay talk. Sure. So for me, it's pay McVay. I mean, he's he's shown his value exponentially, right? Yes, yes. Like he took his young team to the Super Bowl four years ago with a quarterback who he thought would have been a slightly insufficient uh, person to run his offense. He gets a new shiny quarterback, wins a Super Bowl year one. Yep. I mean, that's all you need from a coach in an organization, right? Right. They gave him the tools to do it. He goes in and does it, and now – he needs to get P-A-I-D paid. Yeah. From the text line, Van, how long is your Universal Studios ban? One night or eternally? <laughs> uh, I don't know what the statute of limitations are in California, but uh, if you didn't haven't heard already, at the Super Bowl media party, <laughs> we shut down Universal Studios Hollywood and let all of us media dorks loose on Universal Studios. And I turned 40 at Universal Studios, if you count Mountain Time. And uh, I may have done some things right before closing time that got me kindly and so sweetly escorted out of Universal Studios. So I don't know how long my ban is. I think I know how long. As long as you have the mullet, you <laughs> cannot go back. <laughs> you can't go back. You got to switch up your haircut. Uh, you can't. 
you must wear a mask. You must be vaccinated. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. And especially now, no mullets. You messed it up for everyone. Every mullet in the country that wants to go to Universal Studios, I ruined it for you. Yep. And I'm super sorry. <laughs> Look, I've been, t- I've been hyping up this Rams roster all year. I kept just saying, look, they're all new. They haven't played together. Sean McVay's a great coach. Matthew Stafford is better than you think he is when he has tools and weapons around him. Just wait till the playoffs. They will gel. Even though they weren't my Super Bowl pick, it does not surprise me whatsoever that they started playing as a cohesive unit at the end of the year and stormed through the playoffs and won a ring. If they keep this whole roster together, if they're able to hang on to Odell Beckham Jr., or they're able to acquire another number one receiver to take the heat off a of Cooper Cup, they could do it again. They could do it again. And then if you factor into the NFC's gotten weaker. NFC's gotten weaker. Tom Brady's gone. Potentially Aaron Rodgers will, Rodgers will be leaving the NFC. So I, I got to agree with you. And I think – the Rams next year, if they keep this unit in, in, intact and fill a couple holes that are going to be lost due to free agency, they have just as good a chance as anybody. We know how difficult it is to repeat right. in this NFL with all the parity there is. It's super hard to do. But I'll tell you, Arizona Cardinals, I got the playbook for you. Uh-oh. You get to play at your home stadium in the Super Bowl. Oh. Now all you need is a new shiny quarterback. Uh-oh. Where are you going with this? Arizona Cardinals fans, get your phones out. Get your emails open and email your team. Go get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy. All in right now. Tampa Bay hosts a Super Bowl, gets Tom Brady. Championship. Lombardi Trophy. Los Angeles. SoFi Stadium. Los Angeles Rams host the Super Bowl. Get Matthew Stafford championship Lombardi trophy. Mm. Arizona Cardinals Super Bowls in Phoenix next year. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Trade for Aaron Rodgers, and I will guarantee you right here, mark it, write it down, have your grandma make a cross stitch of it and frame it. I don't care. If the Arizona Cardinals and go up go and upgrade their quarterback, the Arizona Cardinals will be the Super Bowl champions next year. Wait, 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 wait. Hold pump, up. Pump, pump pump your brakes. Okay. Shout out to friend of the show, Craig, because he just said something that I was gonna say. Okay. Don't forget about old Tom Brady. Oh he's being real wishy washy about him sitting down for the rest of his career. I think he might still have a twinkle in his eye for playing for San Francisco. You I, you showed me his Instagram post from Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. What I, I can't remember what it was, and if there's any, any salty language, please <laughs> feel free to say bleep. But he just put up a screenshot of his Google Calendar yeah. on Super Bowl Sunday, and it just shows going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And what was his title? Just like bleep this or something no, like it, that? It was just sigh. Oh, it just a sigh? <sighs> I expected something saltier. It was a sigh. But that can be into play as well. So if you have, if they go the way that you're saying, you could have Rodgers and Brady in the same division. Ayo. Could happen. 
As a Packer fan, <laughs> and I know Vital's going to be happy to hear this, even with all the COVID stuff and the deceptive stuff, I still have a special place in my heart for Aaron Rodgers. I don't feel personally deceived. I get his weirdo, quirky attitude. I know he likes to troll the media until this season. His attitude held a special place in my heart. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. The front office said that they're willing to load up on salary. They're willing to to forego their future for one more run with Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers organization gets it done and keeps him in Green Bay. But if they can't do that and he goes to the Cardinals, I will put the deed to my home on the Arizona Cardinals to win the Super Bowl next year. You may be on to something. Now, is this is this going to be the deal for every city that has the Super Bowl? Yeah, you got to go hard it. now, yeah. right? Do it. <laughs> all in. Yeah. You got to go all in. You have to do it. Because it, it set a new precedent. Yeah. Host a Super Bowl, get a legendary quarterback, boom, trophy. That's all you got to do. And do you think this type of LeBron, LeBron kind of James system of, you know, putting together a super team in the NBA will start in the NFL now since of this, what the Rams did? Oh, 100%. There's going to be so much more. And I think in the NFL it's harder to do, but that could possibly be. Well, it's it's hard to, like, just throw a championship team together immediately because there's 53 players on that roster. Yeah. You got 33 players that are contributing in three facets of the game, so it's a lot harder to do. To well, only I think only certain teams can do this anyway. Sure, this isn't a whole league wide. Just kind of kind of like the NBA, there's only certain teams that can do this whole hey, let's build a super team and go win the championship. Yeah, and not only only a few teams can throw it together, but only through a few players can be that much of a difference maker oh, there we go. to do it. Yep. You have to have yeah. top-shelf pass rusher, top-shelf yeah. secondary player, top-shelf quarterback, top-shelf wide receiver playmaker. Yeah. If you could throw all those together in one offseason, go crazy. But I don't see that happening. I see a lot of teams trying to do that. I see a lot of organizations seeing the success of Tampa Bay, seeing the success of the L.A. Rams – and going all in for a couple years. Well, it all starts at quarterback. The yeah, whole yeah, once you yeah. get the quarterback in place, depending on who the quarterback is and who wants to play with that quarterback. And this is something that the Bengals need to look out for, the Chargers need to look out for, the Jags need to look out for. You got young superstar quarterbacks and you got them the cheapest you'll ever have them right now. Yep. They'll never be cheaper than they are right now. So you got to build around them before they cost $40 million a year like Aaron Rodgers does. Because there's not a lot of elite quarterbacks out there that go underneath their market value like Tom Brady used to do in New England. That is the exception, not the rule. More Super Bowl talk when we get back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On. And we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. 
You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. I'm so stoked for this wiffle ball league that we're going to do at Electric Playhouse. Oh, I'm with it too. Keep your ear, keep your ear to the ground, loyal listeners. Keep your ears to the ground, friends, friends of the show, because we're going to have some fun at Electric Playhouse in March as we host a digital wiffle ball league. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll tell you more and more about it as the details emerge. From the texture, and I think they're commenting on the social media that we put up. Why was there a trash can on fire and scooters lying around everywhere in L.A.? <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell you why. Because two blocks west and two blocks north of our Airbnb downtown that was walking distance from Radio Row at the convention center, there were riots. Yeah. And, you know, a little behind the scenes, you know, we, it was a – Last week's show was a, a hodgepodge of interviews and live and pre-take segments, and it was a lot of work. So after the show, uh, after the Super Bowl Sunday, we had to do a couple takes, et cetera, et cetera. We're sitting around working at the Airbnb using that sweet, sweet, strong downtown Wi-Fi they had. And then we're hearing horns honking and people yelling and, you know, Fred's a new word that he learned, uh, ghetto bird. He doesn't use it correctly. No, he he, he calls it ghetto copter. Yeah, he like, no, that, know, it's no. called the ghetto birds, bro. We're we're fine with that. <laughs> ghetto birds everywhere. We could hear what was going on, and then after the show, like we planned on doing, uh, we go for a walk downtown to see what's going on at L.A. Live, and the LAPD had already dispersed the whole area. Yep. No more rioting. Uh, no more looting. I don't. I didn't see any looting. Actually, it was. I'm looking right here. Um, a couple of stores. We actually walked right past them. Oh they, yeah. Yeah. They got through there. There's video of them running through stores with their mask on. Oh no! The Did they time, get the Ralphs? The only time I saw anybody <laughs> with mask on <laughs> wants to go pillage. These stores. So. I mean, at least, you know, they did all that damage to downtown, but at least it wasn't a super spreader event, right? They had right. their masks on. Yep, yep. So me, Robert, and Fred and Jared go down for a cruise around downtown to see the aftermath of, uh, we'll call them celebrations. Yeah. LAPD, definitely going to call them riots. Rams, graffiti everywhere. We saw a trash can on fire. But the star of the show and uh, if you look up downtown L.A. riots, uh, fans of the Rams and then just general hooligans mm -hmm. stopped a bus in mid-route, chased everyone off the bus, graffitied up the bus in Go Rams, and whatever their tag is, or their graffiti tag, whatever. Yeah, they was putting their hood on it. <laughs> <A little bit laughs> There's some, definitely some hood on it. Yeah. It was mostly pro-Rams, but yeah. definitely, you know, some hood-adjacent <laughs> graffiti. <laughs> and thank God they didn't set it on fire, but that thing was as demolished as a bus could be in the span of an hour. It looked like a bus that was driven through every Grand Theft Auto city. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. <laughs> and, and all this happened two blocks one way, two blocks another. Not even like city blocks. We're talking no. two streets over. So we saw the aftermath of the riots, and thank goodness it wasn't that bad. A lot of, a lot of, you know, damage to property, a lot of arrests, 
but I don't think there are any lives lost from no. what I what I see here. I I don't think anybody got hurt hurt. Just some good old boys letting off some steam. Am I right, Robert? Yeah, it was a lot of fireworks. <laughs> I didn't hear any gunshots. I'll tell you that. I didn't hear any of that. Um, what I find funny is they these people, there's no way they went to the game. No. They no. They were watching it downtown somewhere. They were they watching were, it they were, downtown somewhere. They, they had to have been because there's no way you're going to say, hey, let's get in our car and leave Inglewood. Yeah. And go downtown and start some stuff. All the action was in Inglewood. You think they would riot in Inglewood? <laughs> no, they didn't want which, to. Which no one was arrested in Inglewood. Inglewood got turned up to eleven, but no rioting there. Well, I'm, they saved it for downtown. I'm looking at the people who are doing the little skirmish, riot, destruction. These people didn't want to be in Inglewood after the game. Yeah, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. You're right. <laughs> they didn't want to be in Inglewood You're right after about the game. That. If you if you go one block away from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, <laughs> yeah. that's a whole new city. <laughs> yeah, That's a whole new city. Rams fan from Muskogee, Oklahoma, <laughs> does not want to get lost on the streets of Inglewood after the game. There's a guy in this picture with the bus. He looks like he stole a Rams helmet. <laughs> this looks like a real legit helmet, and he's got a, a Rams Christmas sweater on. Yeah, they they tore that that bus up. And there's a there's a lot of uh, self-made viral videos of this bus getting demolished. Which there is some footage of the aftermath on our social media at TalkABQ. You can see all of our exploits from Los Angeles on our social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, Instagram. And if you missed out on all of our shows last week, I'll tell you what. The shows in full are on Spotify, they're on Apple Podcasts, they're on Stitcher. So you can listen to the whole shows from Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center, home of the Super Bowl, Los Angeles, California. You can listen to the whole show. Right. You can listen to each interview one at a time if you like, because we chopped them all up so you could find your favorite athlete, musician, actor, activist, anything. We have... Almost 50 interviews on Radio Row, and I'll tell you what, they're all winners. I'll say this, Van, before we leave. Uh, if Cincinnati would have won this Super Bowl, it still would have been riding right now. Yeah, you know, on, on some of these viral videos of them setting up, setting the, the bus down, shutting the bus down, excuse me. Yeah. It's about half blue and yellow yep. and about half black on black on black. Yep. So it's it's not all Rams gear. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't all yeah. Rams no, fans. No. I see a These Dodgers are just like jersey. real talk, legit hooligans. I see a Dodgers jersey. Okay. <laughs> hey, wait. You were wearing a Dodgers jersey that day. It's a blue one. <laughs> <laughs> More sports talk when we get back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I-9 Sports. We start our days at the YMCA. We end our days at O'Neill's Pub, and we spend our weekends at the Electric Playhouse. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, Two Men On. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. 
my personal favorite Super Bowl halftime show was two days ago. Me, as someone who just turned 40, me as someone who grew up with hip-hop, me who liked every single one of those artists who performed, this was, number as a fan, mm-hmm. number one on my list. I'm right with you. I agree. Just the – I can't even – I'm not going to say nostalgia. Nostalgia to – Definitely. Nostalgia to me means it's something that you haven't listened to in a while and it takes you back. Sure. I still listen to all this. Yeah. To this day. So to those 14, 15 minutes, me and you were geeking out. 100%. (laughs) And we were trying to figure out which song is going to be next. Yep, exactly. That's the best part about it for me, man. Just that whole set. The way they laid it out, they they went through the different parts of L.A., different performers. It was great. I know we touched base uh, on the Super Bowl halftime show yesterday, and we did our rankings. And personally, Fan Nunley has that as his favorite all-time Super Bowl halftime show. Van Nunley, the journalist, and throw that word around loosely, Van Nunley, the journalist. Van Nunley, the objective observer. Who's that guy? I got it third all time. Ah. I got Prince. I got Lady Gaga. Then I got West Coast. Nah. I got it third. You got it one. Number uniquely. one. Number one. Um, And it's going to sound bad by far. By far. Number one by far for me. Number two was Michael Jackson. Because I couldn't tell you the songs that he did, but I can remember him just standing there and him popping up at different parts of the Rose Bowl, and that was dope. Number three was Prince singing Purple Rain in the Rain. Purple Rain in the, in the Rain, rain. Yeah. is That's number incredible. one for me. Yeah. I got chills just talking about it. That was insane. My favorite was U2 right after 9-11. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. that one. That one got a lot of pop on the internet because we were doing rankings yesterday. And U2 was ranked higher than I thought they would be. Yeah. And I forgot for a second about all the names of the September 11th victims that scrolled past during their performance. That was – got chills from that one too. Hey, but let's not talk about – well, I want to talk about it, but not quite yet. What's that? You said it's not just nostalgia. No. But it's place in society, right? Right. Exactly. But let's do talk nostalgia real quick. Okay. If you had to rewind a blockbuster videotape before you returned it, this halftime show was for you. Oh, that's a great one right there. Yes, most definitely. If you were a kid and you wore skids or Zubaz, <laughs> this halftime show is for you. If you, I got die, one if you died, if you died of dysentery yeah. on the Oregon Trail, that halftime show was for you. If you had a <laughs> starter jacket, yes, and people were envious of it, this was for you. If you know what the green stuff that they used to shoot around on Nickelodeon is called, this halftime show is for you. <laughs> if you know who the host of Yo! MTV Raps yes. were. This is definitely for you. 
if you blew into a Nintendo cartridge, <laughs> this Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show was for you. Yes, man. This this was that's the set. Um, I don't even want to talk about this. The things that people are talking about, the obvious. I want to talk about the intricacies of this. Okay. When you're from L.A., when they show the Tams number 21, a lot of people, if you're not from L.A., you don't know what that is. It's a hamburger place. It's in Compton. It's the OG Tams. They have Tams in Long Beach. They have Tams in different parts of L.A. But that one is on, I believe it's on Rosecrans. That's the one where... Dr. Dre, all the way to Kendrick Lamar, they grew up on that. I, I wanted to take us there, but we had a lot going because I don't eat the burgers from Tams. I get the pastrami. But, <laughs> but just seeing that little detail, it was just like, man. And I definitely – I haven't watched it again, but I'm definitely going to be watching that multiple times. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I want to let it sizzle for a second, and yeah. then I want to go back and watch it again, let some more time go by. I just had chills the whole time. I thought the songs that they chose were on point. And I thought Kendrick Lamar, and if you didn't hear us yesterday, Fred has the exact opposite opinion of this. I thought Kendrick Lamar stole the show. Yes, I completely agree. And while he might be in the rap community, he might be regarded as the GOAT of now, of this generation. I already have the argument all time with Kendrick. And so him coming out and not picking like a like a catchy pop song, yeah, yeah, like yeah. one of his bigger hits, yeah, somebody with a feature that he could have brought out on stage and the crowd would have went wild. He went full blown Kendrick and said what he needed to say, and performed, 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 performed. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. So there's been plenty of people of color on Super Bowl halftime shows throughout the history of of. When they even when they started doing the performances, because right. we know the the Super Bowl halftime show wasn't always a big deal. Like college marching bands used to do the halftime show. You know what I mean? Right. But there's been a lot of people of color on Super Bowl halftime shows, but it seems like this is the first one that was for the culture. Yeah. Like, what did the first hip hop centric halftime show mean to you? Oh, it meant everything because this is what. I know I have been begging to happen. Sure. I didn't care who it was, whoever was hot, whoever was legendary. To be honest, I thought if it was going to be a hip-hop, it would be someone like LL. It, it would be someone more worldly. Yeah. But for this, the lineup to be in L.A. and they get the biggest from L.A. to do the most iconic song, it was it was phenomenal. It was great. And I think it finally put... You know, not that like, because hip hop, it's still the number one selling genre. Like it's it surpassed it's, rap ten over ten years ago. It's it, I mean, sorry, it cut. it surpassed rock, rock over ten years ago. Um, yeah, th this I just don't understand, and I don't want to be negative. I don't. I've, I've been on Twitter. I don't understand the disdain, and oh my gosh, I don't understand what they're saying. I don't know what cave they've been living in, but. This is the culture that's been driving the needle in everything. Correct. Sports. That's correct. Social media, fashion, anything that you can think about, this is basically the basis for it all. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. And I think that not that it wasn't legitimate already, not that 
you know, Kendrick didn't deserve a Pulitzer and, you know, hip hop didn't deserve to be the number one you know, music genre in this country. But I think this is finally the cherry on top that hip hop is here. Hip hop is here to stay. Yeah. This is a legitimate art form. Yeah. And look at us on the biggest stage in the world. And and not the only Super Bowl the, halftime show, the biggest stage in the world. Not only there, hip-hop. not only there, but can rock it. Yeah. And you can see the the interest level in it. A hundred percent. I think that was one of the big things is is I know there's certain groups that are interested, but will the world be interested? Absolutely, as we saw. And I can't imagine all the people like I mean, it's LA, it's Hollywood, you know, there's gonna be people there that could care less about football. And you could tell that by how high they price the tickets this year. <laughs> they put the ticket prices out of reach for a reason. of Joe Schmo football fan. For a reason. Unless you're dumping a quarter of your savings or whatever, your insurance money, your your whatever on Super Bowl tickets for you and your family. This is all stars, right? Yep. This is all well-to-do. This is all stars. This is all L.A. royalty. So those are the people that could afford to be there. And I could tell from the way that crowd was cheering on football plays <laughs> that there wasn't maybe one out of four people in that building were like actual football fans. I think you're generous with that number. You're generous? You're very generous. Because that's the one thing you were saying during the game. Like, this crowd is horrible. This is a good game. Uh, but I want to give a shout-out to the kicker of the Bengals, McPherson. Yes. He didn't need to hear nothing the coach had to no. say. He didn't need to rally the troops. He sat on that bench, and he watched the halftime show. That's right. He's like, I don't care what y'all doing. I'm not missing this. For those of you might have missed it, Bengals kicker Evan McPherson stayed out and watched the halftime show instead of going into the locker room with his team. <laughs> That's a power move. <laughs> It's like, look, this is going to be the best halftime show of all time. I ain't missing this. Not missing it. I'm the kicker. Yeah. I know but what I, I don't need, need no rah-rah. Yeah, I know I'm what I need kicker. to do. Yeah. Well, I like, don't forget, he had quite the year. He made 19 out of 19 field goals, so I guess he could earn that spot to do it. Yeah. Do you think he had to pass it off by somebody else? He's yeah. like special teams coach. Yeah. Like, hey, man. I don't think so. You don't need me. I don't think so. You just didn't get up and go in? got up. And they came out, and they're like, where's Evan? <laughs> I think he just was just like – as soon as they moved everything, he acted like he was like practicing. Like, yeah, I just needed to get a jump when they move everything off the field. We're going to segue into the NBA real quick. We're going to talk about trade deadline deals and what it means going forward. But if you want us to keep talking Super Bowl, I'll tell you what. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal Hotline. Give us your hot takes or segue us back to talk about something different. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents Two Men On, and we are on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Did you get your Super Bowl fix, Albuquerque? We did two hours and 15 minutes straight of the Super Bowl, but I want to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline and what it looks like going forward. Congratulations to Ben Simmons, (laughs) as I guess Philadelphia ruined his mental health and the most stressful hardest city to live in in the world new york city apparently cures your mental health well they better have a cure for that jump shot too because <laughs> they're gonna find out real quick they got a short end of that stick i believe 
So apparently Ben Simmons is in a good place mentally, and he's getting his body to the point where he can play a full NBA game, and he plans on joining the Nets as soon as possible. Yeah. That other side of the fence is a nice place, isn't it? <laughs> the grass is greener. The city with no grass anywhere yeah. whatsoever. The grass is way greener over there. Well, I'm looking here. Um, let's – I'm all for stories and the plots and uh, and, the, and and the great you know storylines and storytelling. They're trying to make sure that he debuts on March the 10th in the road game versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, now if he did have any type of mental health issues. That's not the game to first come out to. No. Not at all. Or the city to go to. No. Um, and loyal listener, friend of the show, you know how seriously we take mental health here. Right. Ben Simmons, I think he fooled me. I think he fooled me. I hope his, his mental health is the issue and he's doing very well. But I think it was just a ploy to get out of town. And it was... You know, when you're serious about mental health, you don't want to say that. Exactly. At that time. You know how hard it is for me to say that. Right. But now that you see how this all played out. Yeah. Hearing him talk about it and, oh, this is a great fit. It's going to be phenomenal. Hold up, bro. Yeah. Let's talk about the whole issue first. Just because you change cities and change teams doesn't mean that goes away, right? No. No, it does not. Nope. And we'll see the way it plays out because I'm looking at the odds to win the NBA championship. The Brooklyn Nets were the favorite in the whole league, even over um, the Suns, even over uh, Golden State. I don't the see Nets it. were still the favorite. I don't even, with, even with half a Kyrie and not even a half. James Harden, <laughs> less than half. They were still the favorites. But after this trade, losing James Harden right, and having the uncertainty of Ben Simmons, is he going to be able to play? How is he going to fit on that team? They went from the most likely to win the championship to tied for third with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, I think another factor in that is they've lost 11 out of 12 games. They had lost, I want to say, 11 games in a row, 10 or 11 games in a row before this trade so it wasn't like they were just oh we're doing good and we're adding a piece and taking out what we feel is a cancer they just wasn't playing good Kevin Durant's hurt Kyrie you can't even play him Harden 76ers doubled their chances yeah in Vegas's eyes of winning a championship after that trade by going from plus 1200 to plus 600 if you don't understand how betting works it's pretending you bet a hundred dollars on it so it's basically 12. Their odds went from 12 to 1 to 6 to 1. Harding couldn't wait to leave. Yes. First thing he says in the news conference for Philadelphia is, y'all know y'all are my first pick, right? Shade. <laughs> I, I was trying to get here first. Man, that's fire. <laughs> Who says that? Well, James Harden. He does. But I don't believe him. I don't believe him. He just had to throw shade. Because Kevin Durant didn't pick him with the last pick of the All-Star Game draft yep. just to throw more shade at him. Yeah. So, of course, the next day he's got to fire back. 
How I know it was shade was because he didn't even file his paperwork to opt in with the 76ers for next year in time. Who doesn't do that? Yeah, I wanted to be here so bad. You guys were my first choice. You're not my first choice next year because I'm a free agent again. It's all about getting paid for James Harden because he has to hit the strip clubs pretty heavy. (laughs) Uh, Well, when you say pretty heavy, what do you mean? Because he's heavy now? (laughs) That and he's making his pockets even heavier. He's going to do just fine next year. He's going to be on the best possible team with the most possible money. Yeah. And he's not going to skip a meal for multiple reasons. He doesn't care about championships. I don't think he cares. I think underestimated part of that trade was getting Ben Simmons can ball. If he gets on the court, he can ball. But they got Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, too. Those are both two very key role players right. for a good basketball team. I just don't I don't see how Ben Simmons works with Kyrie now. People forget Kyrie didn't like playing with LeBron because LeBron had the ball all the time. Right. Simmons has to have the ball. He's not someone you could pass to and, and hope he makes a shot. Well, he's gonna the ball's gonna go through him about every other game because yeah. Kyrie can only play every other game. <laughs> So Ben Simmons is – you're running the offense through Ben Simmons one night. That makes sense. The next night he's number two. Get his can shine he, on. Do you think he can handle that versatility? Yeah, we'll see. Who's who's your dark horse? Because to me, I'm just seeing all the shade thrown at the Milwaukee Bucks. We saw them play firsthand. Demolish the Lakers. That team is good. In Los Angeles. That team – is better than last year's team. They got the experience. They won the championship. I love the fact that they are run, uh, under the radar right now. Here they come again. Most disrespected champs I've seen in a while. Nobody talks about them. Champs, you got Giannis, who pound for pound. It's it's hard to go against a couple other guys, but Giannis pound for pound I think is the best player most dominant player in the league. Oh, most definitely. Make your argument for LeBron all day. Make your argument for KD all day. Make your argument for Curry all day. Make your argument for Jokic. Statistically, he's like the best in the NBA, right? Right. If you go by possessions, if you go by per, he's the best in the league. So, from the texture, absolutely no way I would have traded Harden. I would have traded Kyrie as a part-time player. Absolute joke. It's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, but no team – well, excuse me. All teams know exactly what the friend of the show knows, so no team is going to trade for him. Yeah, exactly. They know that. So, it's going to be a good end of the year in the NBA. There's a lot of teams. I mean, there's a lot of teams who are involved in this year that that I I can't pick a favorite. Speaking of the Lakers, I have a – Feeling my team won't even make the playoffs. They're on the bubble right now. If we do make it, we're one and done. That's it. They just don't have the supporting cast. And they, then they, no one knows what to do with Russell Westbrook in the play, in the playoffs. Yeah, I know what to do with him. Bench him. <laughs> <laughs> just have him eat up minutes and points when he's on the road and yeah. need a break and then just bench him in the playoffs. Yeah. I can't believe the Lakers made no moves. The Lakers did it. Oh, you know they were trying to. Yeah, nobody wanted it. No one wanted him. No one wants Westbrook. No. Nobody wants him. Mm -mm. The Lakers did it with a big two. They didn't even need a big three. Right. The Lakers had LeBron and AD 
and a ragtag bunch of role players right. that their coach could get the best out of. Why do you go away from that model to bring in one, one or two of your friends? That's LeBron. It doesn't make any sense. That's LeBron's ego. Hey, here's the problem. I think your Lakers are better than what the standings show. I think your Lakers are better than what the media says they are. They still got LeBron James. They still got AD. If they could figure out a way from Russell Westbrook to just chill out a little bit and be that dynamic playmaker when they need him, I think they'll be fine. Mm. As I think long- when you have Westbrook and LeBron on the same court together, there you go. there's problems. They don't know what to do. They're bow ball dominant. Yes. That's the problem that the, the Nets will find out with Simmons if he ever gets to play with Kyrie. If the Lakers can avoid the Suns and Warriors in the first round, I think they'll win their first series. And then who knows after that? Not going to happen. They're in the cellar. They're going to play one of those teams and get blew out. I don't know if you're like a reasonable, objective fan here mm-hmm. or you just got this self-hatred mm-hmm. for your own team. I'm not sure what it is. I, it's it's both. It's both. <laughs> Why do you break up a team that won a championship? That's, that's no sense to That's me. the biggest arrogant thing you could do. And that's what LeBron did. He pushed for it. He was like, hey, this is my buddy. He's from L.A. Let's bring him in. Let's get him a ring, too. That's not how it works. And you know what's messed up? We're up against a break here, and we're going to go back to Super Bowl talk. KD did the same thing and failed. Yep. This next, the Nets experiment, unless him and Simmons turn out to be Batman and Robin, then this Nets experiment just failed. Why doesn't KD get the same shade that LeBron gets when he does it? Because he, he didn't name himself the king. <laughs> I mean, his last name's James. If he didn't say it, someone would have said Keem James. Yeah, you got to let somebody else do that. More Super Bowl talk <laughs> when we get back. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. You're listening to Dave and Busters Presents Two Men On, and we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios. I miss me some pinon coffee when I was on the road. I learned a valuable lesson to bring New Mexico pinon coffee with me when I travel. It doesn't weigh a lot, doesn't take up a lot of space, but has a special place in my heart. Congratulations to the state of Michigan and especially the city of Detroit as your Detroit Lions win the first Super Bowl in your franchise's history, (laughs) on your home turf. You get the 32nd pick in this year's NFL draft, and the best-selling artist from your city performed at the halftime show. Congratulations, Detroit. Wait, what? None of that's true? Nah. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Feels like it. I am so sorry, guys. Did I read this wrong? Yeah, you did. Didn't Eminem perform at halftime? He did. Didn't Matt Stafford win the Super Bowl? He did. Well, where did what did I miss here? Whole different jersey. Oh crap. <laughs> okay. My bad. Uh, apparently, it's fake news. <laughs> but anyways, congratulations to Matthew Stafford. Congratulations to legions of Detroit Lions fans who get to at least by proxy win a Super Bowl with their old dude. 
I think Matt Stafford was always one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Detroit just kept doing him dirty year after year after year. All-time active leader in getting sacked. He will soon be the all-time leader in getting sacked. But the second, the first season that he gets out of Detroit, he's hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. I feel like he's built a career that will get him into the Hall of Fame. Whoa. whoa. I think with this Super Bowl win, Come on, man. Matthew Stafford is a surefire Hall of Famer. Come on, man. You do not feel that no, way, they Rob. ain't just giving out yellow jackets like that, man. <laughs> no, stop it. I, I do not believe it. Um, For a few reasons. Okay. There's a lot of reasons. Hit me. First of all, it's a losing record. Because of the because of hey, the Lions, hey, that's his career. That's his, because that, of Matthew Stafford. That, that's his career. That, we got to go by what we see, what we've seen. Has he been a great quarterback? Yes. Okay. Um, but I think I don't think there's many losing record quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Um, another thing, he has no MVPs, zero, how none. Are, how are you going to get? MVPs when you're hey, the quarterback for the Lions. That's his career. No all pros, no all decade teams. One Pro Bowl. Did he win the MVP of the Super Bowl? Nope. So we're just going to throw a yellow jacket on him just because he threw for a, a, a bunch of yards because he was behind his whole career. The greatest receiving season in the history of the NFL right. was by Calvin Johnson. Who was his quarterback? I could have been his quarterback. That's Calvin Johnson. The second greatest season <laughs> in the history of wide receivers is this year by Cooper Cup. Who right. was his quarterback? Right. Also, Matthew Stafford is number 12 all-time mm-hmm. in passing yards. Okay. He's number 11 all-time in completions. He's right. number 12 all-time in touchdowns, and now he has a Super Bowl ring. I think that's the resume to get him into Canton. No. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Let me because f- if we're going to say, hey, he played in Detroit, you could say that about those numbers as well. He was behind all of his career. This has been a great season for him. But him, I, you can't just put him in the Hall of Fame because he won the Super Bowl. I can now. I mean, it's a resume builder, not just the Super Bowl. It's a wait, resume wait. builder. All right, let me what, tell you. What else is on his resume, though? Let me tell you some of the people that are behind Matthew Stafford <laughs> in career touchdowns. John Elway, no doubt Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson, okay, no doubt Hall of Famer. All right, Warren Moon, mm-hmm. no doubt Hall of Famer. Right, Johnny Unitas, no doubt Hall of Famer. Joe Montana, right, no doubt Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. These guys are all below him, right, in all-time statistics. Yeah, but you still not sold? No, because they were not behind their whole career like he was. Not only if does he have all these stats, yeah. Not only did he win a Super Bowl, but his wife hit a guy with a pretzel. <laughs> So like that's that's the resume builder right there that seals the deal for me. If he doesn't play another down in the league, the only way he goes to the Hall of Fame 
is giving the speech for Cooper Cup. <laughs> That's it. He plays one more year. He's going to move probably into the top ten in touchdowns. If he plays two more years, okay, one more year, he'll get top ten in touchdown. Two more years, he'll be top ten in yards. So this is a top ten all-time guy. And trust me, I know, I hear you, NFL fan that's older than me. Oh, it's a different game. Stats didn't mean that much back then. I get it. So – as far as passing yards, these are the people that are ahead of him. Yeah. John Elway, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Dan Marino, oh. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer if he wins a Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah. He might be without one. Matt Ryan is right next to the guy right ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is about to pass the closest prototype I have to him, Dan Marino. Well, prototype to who? Matt Matt Ryan is Dan Marino. Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> There's statistics. Yo, and welcome to the that's show. That's the funniest thing I heard all night. <laughs> welcome to the show, super producer Jeff St. Louis, who is looking at me like a maniac. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know all of this sports talk for which you speak, but thank you for letting me be here tonight. Absolutely. It's good to have you. One of the best in the biz and just just an absolute light and absolute vision over there in that booth. And as I'm soon as I compared Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford to Dan Marino, I just got this death gaze on you that I haven't seen yet. So it was very impressive. The varsity of whatever we decide it's going to be when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Jeff St. Louis, you funky, funky dude. Look at this. Some spin doctors. What time is it? I think there's a spin doctors cover of Morris Day in the Time. Is that correct? You got it. Boom. I'm a big Morris Day in the Time guy. Me too. Love him. Isn't that... Okay, this is the biggest BS. I'm not talking about the BS show starring Bucky and Six. (laughs) I'm talking about BS. Morris Day... I love Prince. Morris Day beat Prince in the Battle of the Bands. Absolutely. It wasn't even close. Uh, Morris Day won that competition. Yes. Prince deserves... All the shine. Yeah, because he's Prince. Because he's Prince. But in that movie. Yeah. They they were showmen, bro. They got it wrong. Morris Day won the Battle of the Bands. Yes, I agree. I wish I would have been there to vote and advocate for my dude, Morris Day. We wouldn't be here without our amazing partners and sponsors and loyal listener, friend of the show. As you know... The last segment of the show is the I-9 Varsity, and we're so fortunate to have I-9 Sports as a friend of the show. I-9sports.com. Check out I-9sports280. That is your Albuquerque League office. Go to leagueoffice280 at I-9sports.com if you're an email guy, or you can just call them, 505-312-4999. It's I-9 Sports, longtime OG friend of the show. 
and we just feel lucky to have them, you know. It's just an honor to be nominated, you know. All right, we didn't touch on Super Bowl commercials, so we're going to do like a diet varsity. Okay. We're just going to talk about the Super Bowl commercials. Okay. We won't do a classic varsity. The varsity will be back tomorrow. If you have our show timed and you just joined us for the varsity, I'm sorry. It's not a traditional varsity. We'll be back with it tomorrow. Number one on your list, what commercial jumped out to you? I'd have to say it was the commercial with a tiny NFL legend jumping out of the TV. That was dope, right? I don't even know what they were selling, but that was a great commercial. I'm not sure either. I can't remember what they were selling. <laughs> Two things stood out to me. Number one, how cool of an idea that was. Yes. Video game characters jumping out and playing games live in your living room. Yep. The second thing that stood out to me is how dirty they did Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what were they trying to do with his poor face? <laughs> the only thing they got right was the braids. The braids 